Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen wisely. Hello and welcome to Mike and Mike go to the... Wait. Guys, get down. Shh. Fucking clickers. <laughs> I hate these guys. It's Mike and Mike go to the movies. <laughs> My name is Mike Smith, and joining me as always is a man who asked that when I bring him out, can I introduce him as... <laughs> That's, that's my that's my imitation of the clicker sound. Now we're dead. It's Mike Decree Show, everybody. That's me. I'm Mike Decree Show. That's me. Just recently ripped apart by clickers. R.I.P. Yep. With a uh, absolutely grotesque death animation that we all must watch. Every single time. Uh, how you doing today, Mike? Times. Yeah. Uh, how you doing today, Mike? Other than being dead from clickers. Other than being dead from clickers, which might honestly be a reprieve from 2020, uh, I'm doing okay. You know, hanging in there. <laughs> We're going to talk about a very dark, depressing game, uh, but it's it's, it's going to be fun, I think. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot to dig into with this thing. But uh, also joining us today is a returning guest of the show, someone who's been listening and pretending to work on the show since the beginning. <laughs> it's uh, producer Colin. Welcome back to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Always a good time. Absolutely. How you been doing, Colin? How you been holding up uh, these last? Uh, I think the last time we had you on was around the time quarantine started. We did like a discussions episode. You talked about all the uh, disaster movies you had been watching uh, during quarantine. That was back yep. in like April or something like that. The world has gotten even worse since then. So uh, how you been holding up <laughs> <laughs> in the time since? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world is an awful place, but, you know, doing my best to stay busy working from home. Uh, just playing a lot of video games, watching a lot of movies, TV shows. Uh, baseball season is back, uh, questionably. Should not be back. But it is, so I'm watching baseball, and it's that's great. and takes my mind off of things. There you go, and you'll be able to do that until probably like Friday or something when it gets shut down <laughs> yeah. for good. Yeah, the Cardinals have an outbreak. The Marlins have an outbreak. The Yankees and Phillies are playing right now. The Phillies were in contact with the Marlins. Yeah. So, like, it's all going to shit. And this is how The Last of Us 2 happens in real life. Yeah, this is true. It actually is. It has been amazing because like watching the baseball season happen has been like watching the coronavirus spread like happen on like a micro yeah. scale. Like like this is exactly what happens the entire time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 100%. You know, it started with the Marlins and then it jumped over to uh, the Phillies because they were in Philadelphia and then they moved over to whoever the Phillies were playing and the Cardinals, I think. And just it's 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 mm -hmm. like the end of Rise of the Planet of the Apes where you see the virus <laughs> in, the, in the end credits just kind of bloop, bloop, yep. bloop. It's, it's that's what it is. Yeah, it's an absolute mess. But I'm going to watch as much baseball as I can until they take it away from me. Fair so enough. took a break from the Yankees game to do this with you guys, though. <laughs> wow. Huge sacrifice. We appreciate yeah. it, Colin. We appreciate that. You are decked out in your Yankees cap and uh, shirt right now, too. As always. And Mike can tell you this is actually just my entire wardrobe. That's it. He's only got he's got seven <laughs> Yankee shirts. And then that's it. OK, one of like 15 now. Oh, my God. <laughs> but the one hat. So, Fair. yeah. Okay. 
Fair enough. Uh, all the theme songs you're going to hear this episode were created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own podcast themes at Kyle's podcast themes at gmail.com. Our logo was designed by Jacob Honeycutt or at Jacob Honey on Twitter. If you ever want to contact us, respond to something we did in the show, uh, you can email us over at Mike and Mike go to the movies at gmail.com. So normally uh, we'd be reviewing a movie. Or doing some discussions about what movies are doing a let's rank or a Mike makes Mike watch or whatever. This week we're shifting things a little bit. Uh, we're going to do a full review on a new video game that came out towards the end of June. Uh, we probably would have done this earlier because Mike and Colin both finished it pretty quick. I'm a slowpoke. Took forever. <laughs> <laughs> You're on episode what of The Sopranos now? Uh, I am Ooh. midway through season three. <laughs> okay. It's but, only been four months. But my watching has been uh, postponed slightly <laughs> uh, because HBO Go is gone. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about this. Look what they did to my boy. <laughs> HBO Go uh, was on my Amazon Fire TV. Uh, it's It's been the app I use for HBO for like 10 years now. I was a big fan of that app. Uh, and what I liked about HBO Go is they never redesigned it or anything. It always just looked fine. They alphabetized everything. There was no stupid algorithm. Yeah. Uh, and now, uh, because HBO Max just launched, uh, they got rid of HBO Go on the Fire TV. The kicker is that HBO Max does not have a Fire TV app yet. <laughs> so just fuck you, I guess. Basically, uh, I, I can get HBO Max on my PS4, but I was using somebody else's HBO Go information. <laughs> uh, and apparently, according to Mike, even if you have an HBO subscription and you can sign into HBO Max for free, you also have to make an HBO Max account when you do that. So you kind of have to have like two sign ins for HBO Max. Right, Mike? Yeah. So because I just went through the exact same thing. So the first time that you log in, uh, you need to it says like, oh, choose like it tells you like, oh, sign up, like make a subscription or log in through your provider just like HBO Go used to. So then you log in through your cable provider uh, and then it's like, OK, great. Now make an HBO Max account. So <laughs> I had to wait for my parents uh, or I had to tell my parents, hey, go online, <laughs> sign yeah. in, fill out, make an HBO Max account and then forget about it because you don't use it because they just watch HBO on TV. Uh, and then right. I will go log in on my PlayStation through the HBO Max account. So you're going to have to wait till that person, whoever has that account that you use uh, to go on and <laughs> actually make one. And then you can log in with that information. Yeah, so, my uh, friends, my, my, yeah, I got I to gotta wait till my friend's parents uh, set up an HBO yeah. Max account. I texted my friend about it and they had no idea what I was talking about. So it might be <laughs> a little while unless I can just steal Mike's parents HBO Max. Hey. Info. We'll talk later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my so my Sopranos watch has been delayed a little bit because uh, Time Warner and Warner Media, they're all just greedy assholes who want to mm -hmm. make me buy a new uh, subscription service. But I anyway. still miss Filmstruck. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I miss Filmstruck too, but we it, it, that gets us a little bit off topic. We're going to talk about a video game today, and there's a lot to dive into here. We're talking about The Last of Us Part Two. I'm leaving tomorrow. To do this smart, we'd be leaving Jackson vulnerable. So they just get to get away with this. How'd you find us? I want what you want. 
not at any cost. That was from the trailer for The Last of Us Part 2, which is the new video game developed by Naughty Dog, uh, directed by Neil Druckmann, who also directed, sort of co-directed the first Last of Us, uh, and is kind of the overseeing guy at Naughty Dog, also co-directed Uncharted 4, and worked on basically every game they've made since, like, Jack 3 or something like that. Uh, so The Last of Us was a hugely monumental video game when they came out back in 2013. Huge hit, won every award, and was a huge step forward in terms of video game storytelling. The Last of Us Part 2, probably the most anticipated video game of 2020, and uh, one that was on my radar for a long time, because they announced this game back in 2016, which was four years ago. And <laughs> when they announced it, my first thought was, okay, I'm in the bag for whatever Naughty Dog does, because I really love the games that these guys make. However, The Last of Us ends so perfectly, and I couldn't possibly conceive of anywhere the story could go beyond that point that I was like, I'm not sure I want The Last of Us Part Two all that much. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. that much. Yeah. Uh, so what I mean, let's talk about the, the original Last of Us, I think, for a second, guys, because we all played that game probably around the time it came out, I would imagine. So, uh, Colin, we'll start with you. What was your history with the original The Last of Us? Yeah, um, so I've always been a huge Naughty Dog fan. So as soon as I saw that game, like, previewed, I was just, like, waiting for it. I'm like, okay, give me this game, give me this game, give me this game. I got it the day it came out. I got swindled into pre-ordering a PS4 at the same time. So I was so excited at GameStop to buy this game. They were yeah. like, you want this too? I was like, yeah, whatever. I got to get out of here and play. <laughs> so I gave them more money. Uh, then sat in my room for like five straight days doing nothing but playing this game. <laughs> to the point where I ignored all my friends, blew off plans. And they got very concerned for me because I just was playing this game. <laughs> and the, it was the first time I cried in a video game. I was like shocked. Yeah. I'm sitting there, like controller in hand, like sobbing. So I still live with my parents. My dad comes in. I'm like crying <laughs> at like the first 15 minutes of this game. He's like, "What? What?" I was like, "Just leave me alone, please." <laughs> and yeah, it was at the time like probably the the best video game I'd ever played. Like it was a masterpiece, and I like like you said, it, it ends so perfectly. Like you feel so just like fulfilled after finishing it. Like. I did it. Like this is it's an accomplishment. Yes. Yeah. And so then yeah, had that same thought of like, what can they possibly do for a second <laughs> one? Yeah. And it was also the thing where it's like it's a big video game title that was huge and made a lot of money and got a lot of critical acclaim. So of course they were gonna make a sequel because if yep. if it's a video game, that's what's gonna happen. Uh but <laughs> like but it was one of the ones where it's like maybe this is just better off left alone. I don't know. Uh but Mike, you were also huge into The Last of Us. Uh you played that game, I guess around the time it came out also 2013 2014 
Uh, yep. And even like I remember we would still be like in the early days of this podcast, you would get on your Twitch stream and you would just yeah. Twitch. <laughs> you, you would just play The Last of Us all the time. I think you played through it like three or four times. Uh, so uh, yeah. talk about that a little bit. Talk about your relationship with the original game. Um, yeah, I remember uh, I was working at FYE at the time you know, up in Albany where we all went to school and all, all of us worked there. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think all at different times. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I never overlapped with Colin. Yeah, yeah. Well, I overlapped with Mike because I, yeah. I helped get up that job. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> How dare you? Um, and I remember talking with the, one of my one of our coworkers or one of my coworkers uh, and being like, oh, man, you know, like hyping up Last of Us because also, you know, like we had all the promotional stuff at the store. So like we were looking at all the signs and stuff. And uh, I was complaining or lamenting the fact that I didn't own a PS3. I didn't have a PlayStation at the time. I only had an Xbox 360. And uh, this person was like, well, actually, I need uh, some extra money to make rent. I will sell you my PS3 for 200 bucks. And I was like, done. <laughs> um, so I literally bought a PS3 f- off my friend. Nice. <laughs> um, and also, I think, pre-ordered uh, Last of Us at the store um, at the time and just bought it you know, with our discount. Uh, so like, I literally got a, a console for this game for that game, I guess, for Last of Us 1. And then I uh, played it, loved it. Same same thing with Colin, like, cried in the first 20 minutes. I think if you didn't cry in the first 20 minutes of Last of Us, you're not a human <laughs> or you have no empathy. Um, yeah. And then, and then um, yeah, that was a game where, like, I didn't really go back to it. And I usually don't go back to video games a lot, like, or narrative games like this, where it's yeah. like, you know, I've completed this, it's done. It's not like some big open world thing where you can kind of explore like Grand Theft Auto. Like, hey, I'll go back and play that for whatever because there's no story anymore. Um, but Last of Us has that narrative story and I, I didn't go back to it for years until, I don't know, whenever that was, like, you know, 2016, two years, maybe 2017 or something like that. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, I want to try it again. And I streamed it. And then I beat it and I was like, well, I normally don't, I also normally don't go back and play on a harder difficulty. I want to try that. So I went back and played it again on hard uh for the first one so yeah i mean last of us is definitely my favorite game uh of all time i guess you know best game i've played in a long time um so that's kind of that was kind of where it was with with last of us one and then when the last of us two i mean we all i think everyone had this reaction where it's kind of like that's that has such a neat bow at the end of it please don't fuck this up oh yeah like why well, i don't know if i want to go back to this at all okay just don't do it about joe and ellie okay fine like whatever do something else <laughs> and then and then it's really revealed that it is about joe and ellie and then the panic sets in right uh, I was like no yeah <laughs> and i i like uh i think i was reading an interview with neil Druckmann, and he was saying that um when they were considering the idea of doing a last fest part two they considered doing it with like an entirely different set of characters uh and then he decided you know what that's the coward's way out if we're gonna do it we gotta do it <laughs> with like the characters that people already know and like want to like learn more about uh, and that kind of thing, which I think is an interesting perspective uh, on that whole thing. Uh, I do. I do think it's interesting. You guys both take The Last of Us as your favorite video game of all time, because mine is the original Kingdom Hearts. And I feel like a child when <laughs> when you say <laughs> you play the <laughs> You're killing infected. You're hitting people with a key. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but I love The Last of Us. I mean, this is a game that uh, was really terrific. I really loved this game when it first came out. Uh, and I only played it the one time through back then. I replayed it in 2019 uh, around because I knew The Last of Us Part 2 was like on the horizon and I knew I wanted to get it because it was one of those things where back when I was in high school, especially, I was very into video games. I played a lot of stuff. I've always been a Sony guy. I think the console exclusives like you know the console wars or whatever are dumb. 
but like Sony always just had the better exclusives for the kind of games that I want to play. Like they made a lot more big platformers and that kind of thing. And so, you know, I played a lot of the Jack and Daxters and Ratchet and Clanks and all that stuff. Like that was my jam. Uh, and Naughty Dog was always my favorite developer with Jack and Daxter. And then again with the Uncharted games, which blew my mind. And Uncharted 2 yeah. is actually yep. Uncharted 2 is my second favorite game of all time behind. Kingdom it's Hearts. also my second favorite. <laughs> Uncharted. I've played Uncharted 2. I think 17 times at this point. Yeah. I, I straight up love that game. Yeah. That, that <laughs> was actually so much fun. I had the experience with Uncharted 2 that Mike had with The Last of Us, where I just played that like over and over again, like in a row. Like I was so yeah. into that game. Uh, it was insane. And so, you know, Uncharted 3 came out. I thought Uncharted 3 was pretty good, but not as good as the first two. But they were also working on the original The Last of Us at the same time, which was also like the last big exclusive for the PS3 before the PS4 kind of came around. And so it was like kind of like the the swan song in some ways. And it was a game that I really liked. I liked it a lot, but I didn't love it as much as the Uncharted games <laughs> yeah. at that time. I think because, you know, when I was playing a game, I wanted like something a little more like fun and adventurous. And The Last of Us is much more like stealth based combat. It's a little bit. It's a lot more dramatic and a lot darker. Uh, but I got really attached to Joel and Ellie as characters. And I thought the game itself was really well told and really interesting. And I was also of the opinion that, hey, The Last of Us Part Two. I'm not sure I need this, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> because The Last of Us works so well as a standalone story. But then once they announced The Last of Us Part 2, I was like, well, I got to play it. I got to know what's going to happen in this game. And I didn't hear anything about it for a long time. Like after the original trailer in like 2016, they were pretty quiet about it for a while. And then just like kind of slowly last like two years or so, the hype just starts kind of build and build and build. Uh, it got delayed a bunch of times and stuff like that. And finally, it got released in June of this year. Uh, and the hype around it was insane. Like and and it kind of hit around the time that I just happened to get back into video games in a big way. I've talked about this in the podcast. <laughs> I've talked about this in the podcast uh, before, but like, you know, when I was in high school and stuff, I would play a lot of games and that kind of like trickled out as I got through college because I didn't have enough time to play them anymore. And so I would kind of like selectively choose the games like the original The Last of Us or a couple of other things here and there. Like I fell off the Assassin's Creed series and all that stuff. Like I, just, I wasn't playing as much games anymore. And then like late in 2020, late in 2019, I realized, you know what? I've had the PS4 since around the time it came out or maybe like a year after it came out or something like that. Like I've had it for like five plus years. I have like five games for it. You know, like, <laughs> like I own, I, I own uncharted Four. I had Spider-Man. Uh, and, and I think I had like my brother's copy of fallout four. Like I, I didn't have that much. <laughs> Uh, and then when all the quarantine stuff started happening, I was like, all right, this is the time. It's time for me to get back into video games. Uh, and I did. I started playing, you know, I played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and I played the the Crash Team. I got, I got, I got Crash Team Racing and I've been playing the uh, the Crash Bandicoot remakes. And I bought like a couple of other games that I have that I still have to play. I just started playing the new Ratchet and Clank from like four years ago. <laughs> I say the new. New. Uh, air quotes. <laughs> air quotes. But, uh, you know, I, I love Ratchet and Clank and that was a game that I meant to get and just never did. Uh, so now I finally started playing playing that and you know i got i got horizon zero dawn which i'm excited to finally dive into and that kind of thing so i've like done a lot of research on like the games that i gotta get but the last of us part two was always on the radar like even if i didn't get back into games i would have gotten the last of us part two because it was just like i gotta right. know what happens <laughs> after the last of us uh so this game finally came out in june and i would say it was divisive <laughs> to say the least <laughs> to say the least i mean i think if you look at the critical reviews like actual critics reviewing the game they're mostly very positive i think the fan reaction is very divided and i think that makes sense even if you just remove it from you know the toxic online 
community, which is even worse for games than it is for movies. Uh, <laughs> if you, yeah. if you, yep. rem- even if you just remo- remove it from like the toxicity and stuff, the game makes a lot of very bold storytelling decisions, stuff that, uh, if you were a huge fan of the first game, you might be unhappy with <laughs> when, <laughs> when the game first starts out. Uh, so that all out of the way and w- keep in mind, we're not in the spoiler section yet. We'll get into spoilers later. Let's ta- start with you, Colin. What were your overall thoughts on the last of us part two? Uh, an emotional roller coaster to begin with, like yeah. just everything that happens in this game, I feel is just like it's bringing you up and then you crash hard. And you're just like, I've shot myself just like not having the energy to play a lot. Like I would be texting Mike at 1030, like I gotta, I gotta stop for the night. <laughs> I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> I'll pick this up tomorrow when I can, you know, emotionally handle this again. Slash yeah. I'm not tired and have the coordination to shoot people. Um, <laughs> but just like going through the game, I I loved all the different like angles they went at, you know, with the story and everything, all the choices that were made. And just at the end of the game, I was just I was stressed, I was tired, <laughs> I was exhausted. Yeah. In the best way possible though. Like I think I te- again texted Mike, it was like, I just don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but I'm gonna keep going. And I've never not wanted to play a game that I loved so much. <laughs> as I did at the end of this game, which I think kind of, to me, sums up, like, what this game was kind of going for. It was just trying to make you really, you know, feel, like, connect with these characters and really see all sides of the story and just not, and just understand the the motivations of everybody and, you know, remove yourself from that I'm the good guy, they're the bad guy, like, scenario. And, uh, yeah, I just, I loved everything about this game, though. (laughs) Definitely. All right. So that's uh, Colin's taking The Last of Us Part 2. Mike, where are you at with this game? Uh, sorry, I just went back and scrolled through our text messages, Colin. <laughs> I have them too. <laughs> and there's one where you're like, I'm still not over this final uh, spoiler here. Uh, I'm legit. I was legit crying during it because I just don't want to have to do it. And um, yeah, like I feel like that accurately sums up my reaction. Also, I really loved Asterisk uh, Last of Us Part Two. I think it is a, a incredible achievement, and it was. Um, surely an experience I'll probably never forget. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever go back to it. And uh, like, or I mean, I might have said that about Last of Us One. I don't really remember how I felt like in the immediate right. aftermath of that ending of the first one. Um, but for right now, at least, it feels like I probably won't go back to Last of Us Part Two for uh, you know many years. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's 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 I'm kind of like of two minds about it. Like I'm like I said on one level, it is an incredible game and it is like an experience like uh, no other I've ever had with video games TM. But on the other hand, I, I feel like some of it is maybe not so great. Uh, in particular, I'll get to some stuff, I'm sure, in spoilers. And it feels sort of uh, like manipulative in the way it's going about. It's like, well, isn't violence bad? Um, kind of message that it kind of has throughout the entire thing. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to parse it out in, in like non-spoiler stuff. Uh, but it, it feels kind of like like philosophy 102 level stuff. Like we all know murder is bad. Like I don't need to be told that for 40 hours. Um, you know, uh, um, and and I feel like maybe that's just kind of like a, a product of of 2020. Uh, you know, this came out in June, which. Still, like we talked about the last time Colin was on in April or whatever, that even April feels like the before times. Right. Um, <laughs> even though it was fully in quarantine Corona times. Um, so just like having to go through the, those dark things that Last of Us 2 confronts. Maybe if it had come out in a different time, at a different like, you know, if it came out in 2019, you know, maybe I would have had a very different reaction to it. 
Uh, but in 2020, where like everything is bad. <laughs> and so uh, as the intro to every episode for the last uh, 10 episodes, <laughs> it's, it's a waking nightmare. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's in- I'll be I'll be interested to know uh, what your reaction to it is, Mike, because like I said, on one hand, I still think this is great. I'm glad I've played it. Uh, but on the other hand, I have a lot of some negative reactions to the stuff it employs. Uh, so I'm interested to hear what you say. Uh, yeah, I think this is a, obviously a very bleak ass game. Uh, it, is, <laughs> it is especially I, I blame no one if they have that kind of reaction in 2020 during the bleak ass time that we're living in right now. It might not be the, yeah. the ideal game to play uh, for some light escapism. But man, I love this game so much. It is, I think, a masterpiece, m- maybe better than the first one. Uh <laughs> Uh, I I say that as maybe because I think the first one probably has more replay value. And I think it it does have the core relationship of Joel and Ellie, which is still a major part of The Last of Us Part Two, but definitely not as central to the story as as the first one is. Uh, But The Last of Us Part Two substitutes it with a whole bunch of memorable characters. And I was just so attached to all of them and I wanted nothing but the best for every single person in the game and I was denied that at every turn. (laughs) 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 This game... <laughs> this uh, there's this, a really interesting uh, thing. Sorry, oh, okay, I'll, I'll let you finish your thoughts first. I, I was just gonna say this game puts people through the ringer. What are you gonna say, Mike? Um, f- film crit Hulk, uh, who I don't, we, I'm sure Mike is aware of. I don't know if Colin, but uh, he, it's no. a Twitter account that used to do film reviews in character as the Hulk, just in all caps with no punctuation. Yeah, uh, but amazing. he has since ditched uh, that shtick and does like actually really in depth, uh, interesting like critique of media and stuff. Uh, and he posted, I think I don't know if it was free or how I got it somehow, but he posted an article on on uh, his Patreon uh, about his reaction to Last of Us 2, and he talked about the storytelling choices between the first one and the second one. And the first one, it focuses so much on showing. Uh, like we said, the first 20 minutes of, of Last of Us tells you everything you need to know about Joel. We were crying. Uh, and Last of Us Part 2, it focuses on withholding so much information where a lot of the relationships don't make sense until 20 hours later, uh, which is really fascinating. And I didn't think of that at all. Um, and I, I don't, sorry, I don't know why that just popped in my mind now while Mike was talking, but I wanted to get that out there. Cause I think it's yeah. something very interesting to think about. I do that. I think that's a good point. And I think the part of me wants to replay the game again soon, just so like, because now I have the full picture, you know? And so right. certain relationships that I see in the beginning of the game are going to make more sense to me at the same time. I don't want to play the game for a little while. Uh, (laughs) At the very end of the game, like it says like, hey, now you can play on new game plus where you have all your upgrades and weapons and all that stuff. And you can just kind of breeze through it. And I'm like, man, give give me five minutes (laughs) to rest (laughs) The Last of Us Part Two. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, I just yeah, just watch like the movie cut of all the cutscenes on YouTube, which it's like nine hours long. Yeah, Damn. the one for the first game is like an hour and a half or two hours, depending which one you watch. But like watching it, you know, with all the knowledge of what happens, there's like some really interesting like points of dialogue. They're like, "Oh, I see what you did there," and like it comes back and like manifests itself later. So definitely like, would be cool to go back and play, but also you could just watch it and not have to do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, that might be nice. Uh, but yeah, we haven't really talked about what the story of the original game is. If people who are just tuning in and don't know what The Last of Us is about, basically, <laughs> uh, it's about this. It's a zombie game, essentially, but it's a lot more than that. Kinda. It's, it's, it's zombie by proxy. Like there are zombies in it. 
but it's more about like the humans and their factions and that kind of thing. What, Colin, what are you doing? Colin. Over there? <laughs> my cat jumped on me. He, he was getting all tangled up in my headphones. That's how I'm going to screw yeah. this up. Yeah, before before the podcast started, you were like, "All right, I got my headphones in this time. I have my microphone set up. Like, like you had figured everything out to not so screw up." <laughs> So I'm glad you found Didn't a new for the cat. Yeah, yeah. wild card. Yeah. <laughs> wild card, bitches. Um, <laughs> I, I I am completely derailed now. I have no idea what I was trying to say. <laughs> you were so you were summarizing The Last of Us one oh, for yes. the people who want, who are listening to this who didn't play the first one. Right. So basically, in The Last of Us, uh, a zombie outbreak happens. Joel, his a. Uh, and I'm, this is happening in the first 20 minutes of The Last of Us, so spoilers. Uh, he has a daughter. Her daughter, his daughter dies in the, you know, kind of the outbreak and like she just in kind of the craziness that's happening. A soldier actually shoots her as they're trying to escape. And so the game picks up like 12 years later. Joel is like a gun runner. He's like smuggler, all that stuff. And in like the small community. Uh, and he comes across this girl, Ellie. She is immune to the outbreak, to the zombie bites. Uh, and so he goes on a quest with Ellie to bring her uh, to the Fireflies, which are this group of people who say they can make a cure out of uh, Ellie's DNA. That's like that's like the bare bones concept of the original Last of Us. And without going into too much details in the ending, the entire plot of Last of Us Part Two arises from one decision that Joel makes at the end of the first game. And I loved watching those consequences play out uh, because, you know, again, I, I didn't think there should be another game. <laughs> uh, right. Like it seemed pretty closed off. And then I had no idea where they go, where they're going to go with it. And it's just so incredible to see like that monumental decision that changed everyone's life in that game forever, like actually bear fruit and actually like build into something more than that. Uh, and develop the world and more characters in The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I think uh, I think that was the, the smartest, but also the strangest decision to make because that that decision that Joel makes is like one of the only decisions that is out of the player's hands in the first one. Uh, so that's part of the like uh, you know the way it employs certain stuff um, in The Last of Us Part Two, where like the critique begins. Uh, Mike, right. you fell into my trap. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but I do think I do think it is is really fascinating though that like to have the entire game hinge on that moment because it is like the second. I think El Joel's daughter dying is the most powerful <laughs> moment in the game, even though it's the fucking tutorial mission, which is yes. wild. Um, <laughs> But that's the moment at the end. I, I mean, I guess spoilers are talking about it, right? We might as well talk about the first game uh, where sure. Joel finds out that in order to make the vaccine that they it's like, you know, wrapped around Ellie's brain or something like that. And she's going to have to die in the process so they can remove her brain to make this cure. And Joel can't let that happen now. So he, you know, busts in the hospital. He shoots the surgeon. It's a whole big, crazy escape sequence. Uh, and that's the moment that uh, the whole thing hinges on uh, the second game. And like to have it focus on that, like that's the second most powerful part of the first game is where I was going with that whole long thing. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, it makes perfect sense. But it's absolutely like sidelined me like i had no idea like i when that the thing is revealed i was like what the fuck like of course yeah. it makes sense if you sit down and think about it in like a story arc kind of way like duh but it's the um, only place it could have gone 
Right. Yeah, but I would have never expected that because it ha- it comes up 20 hours into the game yep. um, by then. Now, quick question for you guys about the first one. They do give you a decision at that last scene. Well, yeah. There yeah. are three doctors in that room. <laughs> How many of them did you kill? All of them. Every single all one. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. I'm pretty sure everybody who's ever played the game killed all of the doctors <laughs> at the end of the last one. Yeah, it, it shocked me. Like, I learned after, like, you only had to kill the, the main guy. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, that, and I think that like that fact that that is a thing where it speaks to the idea that like, oh, you don't have to kill these doctors uh, like you can just kill the first one and then like leave in, with Ellie. Like it's like that is the concept of The Last of Us Part Two, where it's like you yeah. like you're in these characters shoes, basically, and you don't really have much of a choice in a lot of the decisions that they're making. Like they're going to make these decisions no matter what. Uh, but in some cases you do, you have the choice to run away from a fight and you have the choice to just like sneak through and try to just avoid everybody and that kind of thing. And there's like different things you can do. And like the way it actually kills people in this game, like every time you kill a person, it can be brutal. It's brutal. It can be, especially for the sneak attacks, yeah. especially when you're Ellie, because like she'll actually just like there's like a fire in her eyes, and she's like, "Shut up!" and she's like, and she's like slices people's throats, yeah, or whatever. It's yeah, it, it's pretty intense. Uh, and this is like maybe I'm not gonna say it's maybe the goriest game I've ever played, but it might be the most realistic gore I've seen in a game up to this point. Just the way it like depicts it and like the brutality of it. Uh, and I think this game does something interesting which I think other games have done, but I think not to the extent that Last of Us Part 2 does, and this has been talked about a lot on Twitter and in different reviews and stuff. Me and Mike have talked about this a little bit, where all of the NPCs, the people who are attacking you, all have names, and everybody uh, who is, like, in their group will, like, you'll shoot somebody, and they'll be like, thank God, Derek, or that kind of thing, and, and, and you know, and... I think that helps, especially with some of the stuff that happens later on in the game, uh, which we'll talk about later. Like, it speaks to the idea that, like, everybody is the protagonist of their own story. Uh, and that feels like the basis of The Last of Us Part Two, where it's like, every, like, the guy that you just killed, this, like, random, you know, faceless NPC, he has a name and he is friends with the people in his group and that kind of thing. And, like, there's, you know, there's bare bones characteristics for a lot of these characters. Sometimes they'll, like, beg for mercy from you. Uh, when you when you like uh, have the yeah. point blank <laughs> yep. uh, and if, you'll kill them every time because otherwise they will probably get up and start attacking you again, uh, you know, yeah. and that kind of thing. But it is just one of those things where it's like, man, it gets intense. She gets intense in the last of us part two, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, for sure you're, you have no choice, but you just don't want to make the choice you have to make all the time. Yes. Throughout the entire game. Uh, it's like you're going to do it whether you like it or not. <laughs> Uh, and the gameplay itself, I mean, the gameplay itself is phenomenal. I thought it was great, like very smooth. Uh, and there was a good variety of different missions that you had to do. I mean, it could be pretty repetitive of like, OK, now we're sneaking through and we got to fight these wolves. And OK, now we're sneaking through and we got to fight these cars and that kind of thing. Uh, but I th- now I got to search the 400th bedroom with a side table that has three bullets in it. <laughs> uh, yes. And that that could feel repetitive. But I feel like all the environments are really different and all the uh, different missions that you have to go on are generally pretty different and they serve different story purposes and stuff uh and the environment itself i mean it's just so fully realized like it feels like a full world uh where you have all these characters and stuff that feel like real characters but then there's also like just these notes that people will leave around there's like sort of like mini stories that you can follow if you're like reading the notes in these different places and that kind of thing uh or you know ellie will collect trading cards and it's like oh this is a cool like little trading card (laughs) game that you can just like kind of read up on all these characters and all that stuff so there's just everything feels like very fleshed out in the last of us part two. And the first game does that too. But I think this one, like even more so like, it just feels like it's everywhere. Like I felt like this was a full world that I was interacting with. 
Yeah, I remember uh, when quarantine time started, a lot of people were joking around on Twitter and stuff. You're like, oh, make sure to keep a detailed journal for the video game protagonist uh, that's going to find all this stuff later. Um, yeah, and I think I think the the added thing uh, to this one with Ellie's journal, which I didn't mean to do that, but of Ellie's journal yes. where like you can find certain stuff in the world and uh, like, you know, she'll take out her journal and sketch something and, you know, write a little thing to herself. And then you can like read the journal later uh, and like get some more insight into how she's thinking uh, was really cool and really interesting and kind of maybe want to explore a little more because a lot of it, like uh, Colin said, it's like, OK, I'm just going to fucking search this kitchen again. You know, it's the same kitchen a hundred times. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes there's some bandages or whatever. Uh, but the fact that, like, if you go to the right spot, Ellie, you're going to learn more about Ellie's thoughts. Uh, maybe want to, like, find every nook and cranny of every section. Yeah. And man, that, that journal is tough sometimes. <laughs> yeah. When you're just reading through it. It's like, man, again, like, can we just go home? Yeah, Ellie's, <laughs> Ellie's had a rough couple like, years. Ellie, just, <laughs> Ellie, like, home, like, Take a nap, recover, please. <laughs> Have a juice box. Yes. Uh, just don't do what you're doing. Yep, definitely. <laughs> but I, but I was one of those players. Like I, I'm typically somebody who kind of breezes through my games pretty quick. I play on the easiest mode, and which I did for the last of us part too. I played on easy mode because I'm a child. But I, <laughs> but King, Kingdom Hearts. We yeah, did. exactly. <laughs> uh, but I, I play on like just especially. I mean, I used to be somebody who played on like hard mode or whatever, and now I'm just like. And I, I got I, I don't got time for <laughs> to do it on hard mode. Just give me yeah. like the story and let me play through the game and have as much fun as I can. Uh, but with The Last of Us Part 2, I was somebody who was trying to find like as much stuff as I can and trying to do everything that I could in the game, uh, especially because there's stuff in the game that like entire story beats or like not even story beats, but I guess character beats that you could miss entirely because it's just extra. You know, like there's a there's one yeah. bit in yeah. Seattle, which uh, I think I've talked about with Mike a little bit and I'll say what it is. because It's not really a spoiler, but there's one bit in Seattle on day one where it's Ellie and Dina and there's like a record store that you can go into. You don't have to go into it, but you can go into it and you can walk inside, wander around to the top of the record store. Uh, there's a guitar that Ellie picks up and she starts playing uh, Take On Me by AHA. And you have Dina just watching her like with the most loving and pure look in her eyes that I've ever seen anyone have. Uh, it's like this yep. really lovely, really beautiful scene. And it's the it's the moment that really sold me on Ellie and Dina as a couple. I was already like into them. They're like they were pretty fun together at that point. But I, like, that moment is like, wow, that was an incredibly powerful scene. And that's something that's entirely like you could miss it if you were playing the game. Just like I missed it. You didn't get it, Colin. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> it came up in our in me and Mike's group chat and because our, our friend Dan was playing it, too. And they were talking about it. I was like, what, what the hell are you two talking about? <laughs> and I spent so much time in Seattle and I just like didn't get that scene. <laughs> and then <laughs> Mike sent it to me to get ready to cry, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was full cry, like full cry yeah. when that happened, when I got like, when I had that moment. And, but yeah, I, like, I watched the scene and like, and it's still good, like out of the like, outside of the game, like watching it after, you know, I was in like Seattle day three at the time, like Mike sent that to me. Yeah. But I was, it was still great, but I was so mad that I missed it. Cause like, yeah, I love yeah. Ellie and Dina together. They're great. And, but yeah, I feel like that adds like so much more to their relationship. And I just like walked by it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, I'm so sad that you missed that column, but yeah, that's an incredible scene. And there's, there's other <laughs> stuff like that. I feel like that's the only time in the movie, in the game where there's like an actual just scene that you can miss. Uh, but there's other just like dialogue exchanges you can have that you can totally like just miss out on or that kind of thing or yeah. stuff that you can find uh, throughout the game. There's, there's a recurring thing where like you'll be in a place and you'll find a note where somebody be like, oh, here's a hint towards a combination to a safe that you can find inside. And like and then you can find a safe in like the other room. But you got to like scour around and look for like clues to what the code could be and that kind of thing, uh, which I had a lot of fun. You could also that. just like you could you could hear the tumblers on the lock. So if you never found the code, you could just like turn the lock and actually hear the tumblers. You could pick the safe. Okay. Yeah. What? Okay. Well, we're all, we're not all professional code crackers, uh, Colin. We're not. Oh, I didn't do <laughs> that. It was something I, I just saw. <laughs> I just like saw that online. I was like, "Fuck you, Naughty Dog." That's like you. Like that's too much. <laughs> it's too much detail. Exactly. Um, but I think you know what I love. It, it feels like this game is attempting a story. That's very rare for any kind of medium, but I think especially in video games where it's like a challenging the very notion of what you think games can be, you know, and, and I think Jeff Kanata, who, uh, you know, is on Slash Filmcast, as on, you know, totally used to be on Totally Rad Show. He posted like a five tweet review of The Last of Us Part Two when it came out, and he sort of compared it to Schindler's List, which maybe was ill advised because people like attacked him for it. Uh, but uh, the point he was trying yeah. to make was that like in a in a medium where almost every video game that comes out is John Wick. Uh, you know, where it's like there's this big like, hey, it's a big shoot 'em up. We're going to like kill this guy. We're going to kill this guy. And then you're going to kill this guy. and You're going to win the game and that kind of thing. That's like 99 percent of all video games. And to an extent, that's what The Last of Us Part Two is ish. Like it's <laughs> like there's a lot of big like violence and shooting and stuff like that. But it is attempting something that's like challenging the notion of like that and like how healthy that is for the protagonist. And it puts you in the shoes of a protagonist who's doing this mission that she believes in, but at the same time doesn't. And she has a lot of conflicted feelings about the missions that she's even on in the first place. Uh, and I think it's an incredibly ambitious story and the way it unfolds is really incredible and uh, it accomplishes it pretty beautifully, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mostly agree. I just take uh, some more umbrage with the, like, them feeling smarter, like thinking they're so smart for doing that. I feel I feel like there is a real air of oh, you know, didn't think that murder's bad yet, did you? And then, <laughs> like, you know, I, I feel like there's a real, and I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I, we're big fans of like taking a swing at something crazy here and missing sometimes. But I feel like you know, I think I described it as like being given a hammer, being told everything is a nail, and then being like, haha, those nails had names, asshole. Like, well, fuck <laughs> you then. Why'd you tell me they're nails? You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Uh, there's there's a little bit of that going on to most of my reaction, See, my negative reaction to this game. I mean, I get that, um, and I think that's, but I think that's partially like that's part of the idea of like you're putting yourself in the shoes of the video game character, so you're making the choices that the character would make, but not necessarily the choices that you would make. I think, uh, and so yes. it's it's illustrating, you know, why the character is doing it is is bad, you know, but it's not it's not even that the, it's. I'm not even sure it's saying that, like, the character... Okay, yes, it's saying that violence is bad. But it's also just being, like... It's also, like, it's inevitable, you know? Like, there was no way it yeah. wasn't going to reach this conclusion uh, because of who Ellie is and who the other characters are and that kind of thing. Uh, and so I think having you... You're just kind of, like, along for the ride uh, because all of the decisions you're making, like, yes, you are the one physically pulling the trigger and, you know, attacking people and sneaking around and slicing their throats and that kind of thing, which the game sounds really brutal when I put it like that. But it <laughs> is mean, a brutal game. Uh, <laughs> in, yeah. <laughs> but 
you know, it is also like this is what Ellie set out to do. Like you're do, you're carrying out her mission, you know, and not your own. Right. I think is, is sort of where like I, I can there's a separation there. But at the same time, it's like, OK, you're, it's putting you in the shoes of the protagonist. And then it's doing something else. And I feel like I can't really tell say more about that until we get into spoilers. So maybe we should do that. Uh, let's do spoilers for The Last of Us Part 2, starting right now. All right, it's time for spoilers for uh, The Last of Us Part 2. So uh, I think what I'm trying to say is that Ellie is the main character of the game. For a while. Or is she? <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, because, you know, and I think this was maybe the most brilliant thing the game does is it when the game starts, you're Ellie, right? And you have this like kind of three to four hour prologue where you're Ellie, uh, and you're kind of wandering around Jackson. You're kind of just getting acclimated to the town. And I really love that whole opening sequence where you just want to walk in through and there's so many people in the town. And I was just kind of marveling at like, yeah. wow, all those people are doing different things. Like it's incredible. <laughs> Like, like mm-hmm. I, I have heard like horror stories about the crunch time that uh, went into making this game. And like, you know, the fact they yeah. worked on it for like 12 hour days for four years straight and that kind of thing. It's it's absolute insanity. It all shows in the game, though, like uh, every manpower, every hour of manpower is there <laughs> and mm-hmm. everybody in that town is doing something different. It feels like a fully lived in town. They're all like having their own like indistinct conversations and kind of like acknowledging you as you walk by. And, you know, there's kids like having a snowball fight in the background that you get to join in on and all this kind of stuff. Like you get an acclimated to the town of Jackson. And then while you're doing that, you're also controlling this other character who you don't you've never seen before. Right. And it's just like it's happening at the same time. And then it all kind of builds up to a head where this new character uh, meets up with Joel and Tommy. Joel, of course, the protagonist from the first game, who uh, was kind of like the father figure to Ellie. And she was kind of like his new daughter figure. And she point blank kills Joel. Like she like tortures him. And then Ellie shows up to try to save him. And then she kills Joel. And Joel is dead. And that's done. <laughs> that's the beginning of this game. Right. Yeah. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure after that is when it is when the title comes up, like the last of us part two or that, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing, which, you know, I, Mandy. Yes. You know, I love a delayed title sequence, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so that's, that's the, like the impetus for this game and the idea behind it. And so the first 12 hours or so is Ellie on this revenge mission to try to kill the people who killed Joel. That's what it seems like the story of the game is. And the Ellie stuff is very good. I really thought that was really incredible. And like I said, there's a lot of great character work and I was into it. And then you get to the end of day three of Seattle and Abby shows up and suddenly like kills one of uh, Ellie's friends, uh, Jesse, I think his name was. Yeah, Jesse. Yeah. Uh, Which was shocking and again, horrible because I want everybody in this game to just have the best lives possible. And they all have terrible lives. Um, (laughs) And and so Abby, who killed Joel, uh, she shows up at the end of day three and like is just kills Jesse point blank. She has Tommy like a gun at Tommy's head and she's like yelling at Ellie and she's about to pull the trigger. And then the game flashes back to the beginning of day one in Seattle. So yeah. <laughs> you've already spent three days in Seattle as Ellie. And now you flash back to day one and now you're controlling Abby and you're playing the entire game again. But from Abby's perspective, And this, I think, is the genius stroke of this game. This is like what makes this game a masterpiece to me, uh, because the Abby stuff is honestly better than the Ellie stuff. So (laughs) it was so much better. (laughs) (laughs) And I think because Ellie is was a a beloved character of mine. I loved Ellie in the first game. Uh, And what this game does during those first 12 hours is make her into 
like sort of a monster. Um, and, you yeah. know, she yep. like it really breaks down Ellie as a character. And you have flashbacks to like the deterioration of her relationship with Joel as like, you know, over the course of four years as she realizes like what he did to protect her and that kind of thing. And ultimately it like gets to a point where she accepts it a little bit like and her relationship with Joel is starting to rebuild by the time that Abby comes over and kills him. Uh, but then Abby's section of the game is like the person that you thought was the villain the entire time. You know, she's the bad guy, theoretically. Right. But like right. her section of the game is her sort of abandoning her people to save others. Right. To save these other two characters uh, who were part of like the enemy faction and that kind of thing. And it's a really interesting story where you're like <laughs> you're watching somebody who you were supposed to hate the entire game suddenly become like somebody you're really attached to. And the game has you control both Ellie and Abby. And basically, I think the idea of like kind of what I said before, everybody's the protagonist of their own story and everybody has their own shit going on in their own lives. And th this is the moment where I was like, this is this game is a masterpiece. This is incredible. <laughs> so yeah. my yeah. favorite part about this game is literally just my text exchange with Mike the entire time. Yeah. At the point where you, you we flip over playing Abby and you find out, you know, her you know, her backstory, which I guess I don't think you said yet, but I'll just spoil it. Like the person you kill at the end of the first game is Abby's dad. Yeah. And, the, the doctor you know, who is trying right. to uh, get the vaccine that would have killed Ellie. Yeah. And like so you find out like, that's her motivation. So they the two these two people have the same exact motivation. And I texted Mike just the gift from Whitest Kids You Know, the guy saying, Are we the baddies? <laughs> <laughs> yep. and that like perfectly summed up like my reaction of, like oh god damn it now i have to deal with i have to deal with this now <laughs> like reconcile because like you're yeah you know, ellie kind of like breaks down the character and like she is her motives are questionable by the end and she's just kind of killing people at this point yeah but you're still rooting for her because you still you've had this experience with her and you want her to like to have some sort of fulfilling life but now it's like you see the other side of it. It's like, oh, God damn it. I just killed this for like, all these people's friends. And like she like she feels real pain. And now I have to deal with the fact that I did that. Yes. And now and now it you're like so hard. You're meeting all the characters that you have killed over the course of the last 12 hours. Uh, and, and the you, dogs and yeah. the dogs, which that was actually the roughest part of the game for me was having to kill dogs. <laughs> so fucked up. I was going to get to that, uh, which that and I had heard about that before the game before I had gotten the game and before I started playing. So I knew it going into it. I knew it was going to have to happen. Uh, but I thought maybe like I could try to keep it to a minimum. I could try to avoid them. The thing is those dogs nope. sniff you out real fast and like you have to yeah. kill them or else you will die basically. Uh, and it happens yeah. a lot. And that was like the moment where like the game maybe crossed the line for me. And I think maybe I could have done it if it wasn't so realistic. <laughs> You know, because the game yeah. is in like the game looks incredible and like it makes these really good looking realistic dogs, but they make like realistic sounds when you kill them and that kind of thing. And it's it's pretty rough. Yeah. And it's it, I almost had like I had more of a problem killing the dogs than I did the humans with names and faces and, you know, relationships and things like that. Yep. But then you get to play fetch with bear and everything just yes. like falls apart. <laughs> and you're just like, well, that, I'm the worst. Yep. That was kind of the moment for me where, uh, I mean, I'll, there was one moment much later that I'll get to, uh, that we'll get to, I'm sure. But where I was like, fuck you, man. Like that was where I, that was the first time I had that reaction yeah. Uh, yeah. where, you know, you as Ellie day two, you're sneaking into the hospital. You have to kill, you know, the people at the, the outside to get you to even get in. You got to kill this big squad of guards and they have a dog. And that was the first time I noticed. Cause like Mike said, the game teaches you that 
The dogs are a particularly difficult enemy type. Focus them first, yeah. because that's how video games work. So you have to kill them. And then you kill that dog and somebody yells, oh, shit, they killed Bear. And I was like, have they ever named the dogs? I don't remember. Yeah. That's wild. And then day one is Abby. You go to the kennel to check out your dog and you can throw a, a, another dog will run up to you. And she's like, oh, hello, Bear. Who's a good boy? <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, naughty dog. This is bullshit. <laughs> don't you dare punish me for playing games according to the mechanics of video games. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and then, and then much later that got worse. Um, yeah. but I would, uh, uh, that's, that's my feeling about last of us. Part so two. I felt really bad while I was playing fetch with there. Cause like, for some reason, I was like, man, I wonder if they let you throw this ball outside of the, the kennel. I did the same because thing. I was, <laughs> Cause like, I'm always really curious about like where video games draw the line of what you can interact right. with. Where's the invisible wall? Yeah. So I was like, I wonder if they'll let me do this. They let you throw the ball out of the pen. The kennel was like, oh, Bear, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I threw your ball then, away. Because then he just stares <laughs> at it. He just like stays at the yeah, wall and, and then, stares at the ball. <laughs> and the minute you walk out of the kennel, like it just like puts you into like the next scene. Like you can't go get it and bring it back to him. Yeah. Like you're just you're just on your way to go to go get in a truck and go shoot more people. <laughs> and I was like, I I just took this dog's toy away <laughs> right before die right before point. the dog dies. So way to go! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just for my own morbid curiosity of where does the game let me stop doing things? Yes, although I had that same curiosity and I did the same thing. But like the game has a remarkable like tolerance for you just doing whatever, basically like there's, yes. there's stuff that will just like, if you're in a room or something and you'll see like, you know, stuff on a shelf, you can like kind of shoot it and the stuff will move or maybe fall and break or that kind of thing. Uh, Unless it's a PlayStation three can't shoot the PS three. Right. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, you can't do that in real life either. The PS three is a solid machine. <laughs> That's true. I remember uh, there's one moment in, I think it might even be day one. Um, Colin's cat's doing stuff uh, in, day, in day one or two. I forget. There's a moment where like you have to like it's Naughty Dog. They have they have like two mechanics where it's like either move the dumpster so you can climb or plug in a thing. Yep. Um, and there's a thing. There's a moment where you have to plug in a thing. And I couldn't figure out how to make the thing like the, the plug reach where I needed to go. And I was there for like 15 minutes. And eventually Dina Call, like I love that they have the mechanic where like eventually the person gives you the the hint. Yes, and she was like, "Oh, try throwing it over the fence." Yeah, um, and I was like, "Any other game, you wouldn't be able to throw it over the fence." So I didn't consider <laughs> that I had to throw it up and over a thing so it would reach. Was that like I kept right, trying to go around? Was that right when you got into like the WLF, uh, like yeah. stronghold in Seattle? <laughs> like, yep, yep. <laughs> nice. The struggle. Yeah, definitely. But so uh, the game teaches you the mechanics and then punishes you for them. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I was going to keep hitting that over and over again. Uh, just That's it. That's their one move. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you that it does punish you for doing the things that it's telling you to do. But like I, I it worked for me. Like it's one of the like, I, like maybe it was yeah. like a, a masochism thing or whatever. But I, I, I was just so into the story and into the game. And I was so like I, I hated the way it made me feel. But I was so engrossed by the game, you know. Uh, and engrossed by that yeah. feeling and I was and it's, it's something that I feel like the game like a game has never done before and honestly just the idea of like a revenge story told from the perspective of both people in the revenge story is something we see very mm -hmm. rarely uh, and I was trying to think of other examples of that and it was I couldn't really think of many the only one I could think of was old boy 
which is at the the very end of Old Boy. Huh. Spoilers for that movie. Uh, <laughs> you you find out like the villain's perspective on everything that had happened, and like actually like he had been bullied as a kid by uh, Odaisu, so he kidnapped Odaisu for fifteen years, and you know had him sleep with his daughter and stuff like that. The, the villain was out of line in that movie. Let's just say, let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, draw the line somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But. You know, that that happens in like the last like 15 minutes of Old Boy, you know, when you kind of just get like it doesn't really put you in the shoes of the villain. It doesn't really make you empath- like empathize with him because of all the crazy and horrible shit he does. And it's like there's not enough there for you to be like, wow, the villain really had a point here, you know. But instead, <laughs> yeah. with Last of Us Part Two, I think it it kind of takes that concept where it's like, oh, now let's see what what the bad guy thinks about all of this. And it actually makes you the bad guy and turns the bad guy into the good guy from your perspective. Like it's all about the perspective of who you're playing as in terms of like who you think the good guy of the game is, I guess. Uh, like I, I, yeah, I when from, I was Ellie, like I was as single minded on my focus of like, like I was so attached to Joel from the first game. I hate that they killed him. I understood intellectually why they killed him because they, they never say it in the first half of the game, but you can kind of piece it together <laughs> where it's like, OK, well, because I think Joel's like, why are you doing this? And she's like, guess. And he's like, hmm. Yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> that kind of, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. So you, you can kind of like piece it together about like, but you don't know the exact specifics of what happened. Uh, so, you know, I'm still attached to Joel. I'm still attached to Ellie and I'm with Ellie on her single minded quest for revenge. And then as soon as it flips the switch and as soon as it, you turn into Abby and it flashes back to, you know, when she was a kid, like four years ago, and you see her hanging out with her dad. And it's like right before the hospital stuff with Joel. And then you find out that her dad is the doctor. And then you like kind of put it together in your mind like, oh, no. <laughs> and that kind of thing. And then the more time you spend with Abby, the more she becomes like the hero of the game. Uh, and to the point where by the end of the game, which, uh, you know, spoilers after that, like big confrontation, like after you have the big three day thing with Abby, like the second half of the game, it builds up again to that point where you're in the theater with Ellie and Abby. And it's this big fight. Right. Uh, and it looks like Tommy dies and it looks like the, it look everybody. It, it looks like everybody dies. And really only Jesse's the one who dies there, uh, which was nice. Yeah. I was so happy when Tommy survived that because it looked like he was dead. <laughs> Um, I have different opinions about that. Well, <laughs> happy with an asterisk. Well, yeah, happy. And then Tommy's like a total dick right after that. But like, <laughs> but like when he first showed yeah. up, I was like, Tommy, he's alive. This is great. Uh, um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> after that whole sequence, like they leave Ellie t- to live. They t- they say like, just, I never want to see you again. And that kind of thing. And they have like, they part their separate ways. And, you know, it seems like that will be the end of it. And then the game flashes forward a year. And the last few hours are Ellie going after Abby one more time. And it is just like, it's basically an epilogue to the actual game you just played. Uh, And it is just so defeatist. It is so like, I remember when Mike, Mike, when you finished the game, you told me you felt numb by the end of it. And yeah, (laughs) and I thought that might've just been because you marathon the entire game in three days. And like anybody would feel numb (laughs) after after (laughs) that. Uh, But you know, I, I took like a month to play it and I also felt numb by the end of it because it is, (laughs) it is so bleak. And so just like, you know, Ellie gave everything up to satisfy this like fruitless quest for revenge and didn't even like, you know, it's, it took her so much to accept the fact that Joel had died and that kind of thing. So those final few hours where Ellie, uh, first saves Abby from like these psycho people in San Francisco that had captured her. Uh, and then, you know, it saves her and it seems like they're about to go away and then Ellie just can't let it go. And they have this just like horrible, prolonged fight in the middle of the ocean. Uh, and it's man, it is brutal. It's brutal stuff. (laughs) 
Yeah, and like the scene where Ellie decides to go out again, like after Tommy visits yeah. and and Dino's like, "Get the hell out of our house! Like we're done with this." And then Ellie's like getting up in the middle of the night to go leave. That scene is the most heartbreaking thing. Yeah, because it's just like earlier in the game, Dina like kind of outlines like what her like perfect life is, which is you know having a farm and like living with Ellie, and she talked about having a like, a bunch of like sheep and chicken. And then also, like, having a pet. And at one point, she like says, like, oh, maybe we'll have a little monster running around at some point. And then they have JJ. And then Ellie's like, I gotta leave. Yeah. And Dina just, like, hugs her and says no. And I was just like, I cried. I was like, don't do this. <laughs> For the love of us, give it up. Like, it's over. Just, it's not worth it. And, yeah, she just can't, she can't reconcile everything that's gone on in her life. From So, I also felt like at some point... You know, like Ellie said, like, I don't plan on dying. I feel like she just wants to die at some point. Like, she is, like, because she knows that she was supposed to die in the, right. like, you know, in the last of us one. Like, she she learns that in the over the course of this, like, one of the flashbacks. And that seems also really right. tough to watch because, like, you know, she finds, like, Joel, like, Joel's never up front with her. Like, she finds proof, like, that she was supposed to die. And I feel like throughout the game, she was just kind of chasing, like, that purpose and I couldn't help but shake that part of it was like she felt she needed to die for something. Yeah. And, you know, just going through that last that last section, which was like kind of a suicide mission, it felt like. <laughs> like you just yeah. you went into this stronghold of people armed with, you know, machine guns for the first time in the game pretty much. <laughs> and decided mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep going. Like nothing's gonna stop me. It just felt like it was either she was killing Abby or she was dying. Like those were her only two choices. Yeah. I, I fully thought that she was going to die actually saving Abby at that point. Once it was revealed that Abby was captured uh, and yeah. like she, and it was like, okay, so it's going to be like really unsatisfying if Abby's like in a jail cell and you go shoot her like, and that's it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. That kind of thing. So, and I think the way it happens where you find like Abby and Lev on these like, crosses or whatever like these like giant like pillars or yeah. whatever almost like crucified but or just like they're like tied up like in the middle of the ocean yeah uh, and you like untie them and all this stuff and it is like you save them uh i, I think it might have been a satisfying ending if ellie had died trying to save them uh and actually succeeded in saving them and and abby and Lev can go on to go to the fireflies or whatever uh but instead what happens is ellie just still can't let it go and they get into this huge like just fight and abby's like please don't do this like abby's tired of it and ellie is over it like she seems tired of it she doesn't want to do this but she has this like in her mind that she has to uh and then you know as a result i mean she gets in this huge fight with abby and eventually it finally ends uh ellie loses two fingers in the fight uh like abby like yep. bites them off <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and then abby and lev finally just boat away or they get in the <laughs> they hit into the boat and they yep. you know drive off and then ellie kind of does the same she leaves and then the very last moments of the game with just ellie returning to the farmhouse uh and having it be completely abandoned dina's not there jj's not there the animals aren't there anymore but ellie is kind of walking around the house her backpack has the little um the pin that joel had given her in the museum flashback from the first like the first one, yep. which was beautiful. And she gets up and 
she finds Joel's guitar lying there and she tries to play it, which she had been doing the entire game. Like you can kind of just sit down, like see the guitar and play it and strum it and do all the stuff. That's where she plays take on me and all that stuff. But she tries to play Joel's guitar and she can't play it the same way anymore. Like it sounds like kind of clunky because she's missing two fingers and she can't do it the same. Uh, and she kind of just lays the guitar down, leaves the house. And then that's the end of the game. And it's, <laughs> it's just, it's so sad, but it is also this moment where, because it's also showing like kind of a, vision of Joel on his guitar like sitting on the porch and that kind of thing and you get a flat you get the flashback of like yeah them trying to rebuild their relationship it's like the day before Joel died yeah, yes you, you you get like the scene where um, which they had talked about at the beginning of the game where like there was a big party and like in town and you know Ellie and Dina were dancing and they kissed and there was this one guy who was a bigot and he like yelled at them he's like we don't want any lesbians in our town he doesn't say lesbians but that's what I'll say uh, and that kind of thing and and then Joel like attacks him and Ellie's like I can handle my own battles and all that kind of stuff and so you get like the reconciliation a little bit and like their conversation where she's like I can't forgive you for stopping me from fulfilling that purpose but I want to try to and that kind of thing. And like they start, there's like the building blocks for like re- rebuilding their relationship in some way. And then of course the tragedy is that Joel dies the next day. Uh, and so you have like that final flashback yeah. and then just Ellie kind of setting the guitar down, finally accepting Joel's death. It seems like, and moving and leaving the house. And then that's the end. Uh, and then who knows what happens from there? Uh, I like in my mind, like I hope that she goes back to Jackson, which is where I assume Dina is and they reconcile, which they probably won't. And they'll <laughs> and just, like everything's fine. Everything's happy and cool and everything's great. And Ellie just missing two fingers. And that's it. Uh, that's that's probably yeah, not what happens. That's it. There's, there's nothing else that she's carrying with her after all this. <laughs> it, just missing two fingers. That's yes. it. Nothing else. <laughs> yeah, I thought um, I thought that was that was the moment like that. That's the moment that film Crit Hulk like highlights as the the thing that this game the story focuses so much on controlling the flow of information whereas the first one you know everything from the first 20 minutes where you don't realize that ellie's not it's not really revenge it's guilt why she's doing everything that she refused she like tore down her own relationship with joel only for the day after she starts like maybe we can rebegin rebuild this he dies uh so it's not really like the way it begins, it's, I mean, it's obviously anger and vengeance and all that stuff, but it's really, she's out of, she's doing this because she did something herself yeah. not to get revenge on Abby. Cause she hates herself. Ellie hates herself for what she did to Joel before this, yeah, uh, which she, is like fascinating. And she's like mad that this, like her chance of reconciling is just taken away from her. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, yeah. again, makes her, it makes it more of a selfish act, like everything she does. And I think she kind of, yeah. again, makes you like, Abby more because like she acts in such a selfless way you know Mm -hmm. like the more you play as Abby it's like you realize that she is a good person like and like she did that one like you know crazy act when she killed Joel but it's like you know you can tell it's like she was originally a firefly and like they were fighting you know to try to find a cure and then like you know joins the WLF and like but like rebels against them and it's like yeah. okay, you're you're awesome. Like <laughs> the entire time, just texting Mike. Yeah. We, I was, I was being able to like fucking love Abby. Like she's the fucking yes. best. <laughs> uh, and I think yeah. that's that's one of the great things about yeah. the game too. Is I mean, we talk about kind of the difference per, between perspective, but also you know it's a parallel narrative going on here where you know you have Ellie who starts off as a relatively selfless person. You know she is especially based on the first game. You know she was ready to die for the cause she was ready to you know get that vaccine and everything and all that stuff she turns from a selfless person into a selfish one while at the same time abby 
starts as a selfish person with her act of revenge against Joel and turns into a selfless one by trying to help out Lev and uh, Yara, I think the sister's name is. Yeah, Yara. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so I, I think having both those back to back and especially having Abby come second, which I mean, it makes sense that Abby would be the second one, because especially especially when you're trying to like do the old narrative switcheroo on the player, right? Where yeah. it's like you, yeah. you, played, you played the first Last of Us, you know who Ellie is, of course, she's your main protagonist. And then nope. Abby is now your protagonist and that kind of thing. So I, I love the way it handles that. Man, how much different would the game have been, though? <laughs> like you just turn it on, like, here's Abby. <laughs> if the like, first thing the you do in the game is kill Joel. It's kill <laughs> oh Joel. My God. I, I mean, it is really interesting, like, the way that, that, like, you playing as Abby is a spoiler and treated as such. But you play as Abby in the first 15 minutes. Like, the game tells you you're yes. going to be playing Abby later when you play her the first time. So it's... but it, Right. But it happens yeah. so much, so much further into the game when you like become when she becomes the main character that I forgot about it. Yeah. Uh, so I like it's it still succeeds because <laughs> yeah, you're still you're essentially just played like two video yeah. games, right? Like each section I feel took me as long as the first game took to play because the first game was only like twelve to fifteen hours. Yeah, I think that's roughly like a fifteen hour game, and the Last of Us Part Two was like thirty hours, like about that. Unless you're Mike, who does it in 22 like a madman. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. Uh, my entire scale was thrown off when Colin was like, oh, I'm halfway through the game. I'm at 20 hours. And I was like, what? I was beat it in 22. Like, what happened? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. My response to that was, well, I am bad and I die a lot. Sure. Because <laughs> my, my entire thing was like, okay, try to stealth kill, try to stealth kill. Fuck that up. Firefight. Yep. Let's do this 20 times until I succeed. <laughs> My response to that would be uh, Colin played it for 20 hours, made it halfway through the game, and he still missed the take on me scene. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Burned. God um, damn it. Yeah. But I, I do want to talk about one. I want to talk about Lev. Um, oh, sure. In general. But yeah. um, I do want to talk about the moment. So, like, day three as Abby, uh, which is with Lev, and Yara, I think, is. Yara's still alive at this point when you go back to their home yeah. island, the, the Seraphite's yep. home island, yep. uh, to chase Lev because Lev has fled because he, uh, he needs to confront his mom to get her to come with them, I think. I don't remember the exact specifics because they're going to, like, flee. I think it was, um, I think it was like, yeah. like, skip out on the WLF. So then um, you go with Yara and Azabi back to the Seraphite home island to find uh, Lev, and it turns into this, like, Call of Duty-style, like, military invasion plot thing of the island. Uh, and that was the point, like the, the the end of day three as Abby, where I was like, ah, I'm, I'm checking out on all the stuff this game has been doing <laughs> in terms of the mechanics and the just absolute trauma it puts everyone through, uh, particularly Lev, which I think he's he's the only good like with a capital G in terms of like moral <laughs> a moral scale. Yeah, uh, he's the only good yeah. person in this game um, yet. He goes through so much trauma that, like, specifically arises because he is trans, which is, like, such a misfire, I think, on Naughty Dog's part. Like, everyone is traumatized, like we've just been talking about. Um, like, this world is bad. But everything about Lev it arises because he is trans. Like, the NPCs dead name him, which is fucking wild and, yeah. like, completely inappropriate. Uh, and then he has to kill his own mom? Like, what the... Like, fucking calm down, Neil Druckmann. We get it. This world is bad. Like, stop. <laughs> um, uh, and but, but, like, so then the, the WLF invades and, like, there's the town... Every town is on fire and it just turns into, like, this crazy firefight 
like fleeing thing at the end. And that was where I was like, I, I hit my threshold of like trauma that I could endure. <laughs> yeah. And kind of was like, I'm kind of done uh, in terms of this story. And then we have that thing that the, you know, the boss fight with Ellie, which was incredible. And then the epilogue, like you said, with Dina and Ellie on the farm. And then uh, we have like what I think is Last of Us three tacked on to the end of the game, where you have another That's four exactly hours. That's exactly what you texted me. You texted me like uh, enjoy Last of Us three, like mini Last of Us three right now, and I was like, <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, it's like another couple hours where you're Abby and in California, and then also Ellie in California, and then the whole thing where Ellie becomes the villain because she puts a knife to Lev's throat. Like that is the most egregious sin anyone could do in terms of the gameplay of this game. And Ellie fucking does it. Yeah. So yeah. That, that was the moment where I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm kind of out of here. I soured <laughs> on the game a little bit there. I think it's still overall, like, it's incredible. Like, we, I'm still positive on the game, I think. But negative, like, that neg- was so negative for me that, like, uh, I'm kind of, I'm going to wash my hands of this for a while. I'm, Maybe in a couple of years, I'll yeah. have thought on it a little bit more. Uh, but for now. Yeah, like, with with Ellie, like, holding the knife to, to Lev's throat, I was like, I think the, a really negative reaction to it at first, too. I was like why why is this the choice we're making yeah <laughs> at this point but i feel like it just it just is that last thing that drives home that she has just completely yeah. snapped like yeah. they're like she's not working out of like any sort of, her moral compass is completely flipped around right. like she's no longer acting out of any sort any kind of like weird goodwill like you think she like she thought she was acting out of she's just trying she just wants to hurt people at that point and it's I feel like that just drives it home. And it is a lot to take in, especially after, you know, everything you just did, thought the game <laughs> yeah. ended and then it threw you back into the world. Like, I think it was like that's like the emotional roller coaster like talking about at the beginning of this where like you came into the station, you like your your fucking the, you know, shoulder straps are coming off. You're getting ready to come out and someone comes back. And like, nope, you're going again. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, oh shit. Like, I, w- I almost puked the first time. I don't need to do it again right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, with Ellie, and I think that's, she's so broken by the end of this game, and just she feels so empty, uh, when, especially when you get back to the barn. And I think Ashley Johnson, especially, we haven't really talked yeah. about performances, but this game has some of the best, like, oh, probably man. the best video game performances I've ever seen. Like, they're like just, uh, Ellie, Ashley Johnson's incredible as Ellie, and she was great in the first game, too. Um, but Ellie's a very different character in this game, and there's hints of, like, the old Ellie that you get kind of sprinkled throughout. That first flashback with uh, her and Joel in the uh, in the science museum is, like, just so nice. It's so great. The best. Uh, so awesome. Yeah, there's that whole scene where she has the astronaut helmet on and like those, the liftoff tape that she's listening to. And it's it's the best. Also, Joel references Jurassic Park at one point, and that's pretty fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, the and, the and then <laughs> and then you know, she climbs up on a uh, on a dinosaur skeleton, yells, look at me, I'm yes. on a motherfucking dinosaur. <laughs> and, you can, like, and you can put like a cowboy ad on Joel and it's great. It's really fun. Um, but, but uh, you know, the, so that's great. And you get like hints of the old Ellie here and there. And Ashley Johnson does a great job with that. But like just selling that like haunted look that like really. And I mean, she's obviously doing motion capture for it. And it's all all, all CG and video game graphics and stuff. So there's a lot of work being done outside of just her performance. But uh, it's just it's really incredible. And uh, the actress who plays Abby, whose name I'm blanking on right now, Laura Bailey, Laura Bailey. Uh, she is also fantastic in the game and she's given an incredible performance and everyone is, uh, also, uh, fucking, uh, Jeffrey Wright is in this game yeah. as, uh, as, as Isaac, the, uh, the leader of the wolves. Shannon uh, Woodward is, is Dina who is from, uh, yes. also from Westworld. Yes. Yes, she is. And I remember her tweeting about like being in the last of us part two, like four years ago, yeah. like, in like 2016 or 2017, she was like, Oh man, can't wait for you guys to play the last of us part two. I play a new character named Dina. And then like three years later, the, the game yeah. is happening. <laughs> 
But anyway, like Ellie is so broken by the end there. And it's just it's one of those things where she feels like she has to kill Abby. And then she finally like that that moment of humanity breaks through where she lets her leave. Essentially, like she has Abby down and she's like about to attack her and like about to do it. And then I think she gets like a vision of Joel. She's drowning her. Yeah, she's drowning her. I was like, that's. That's how we do yeah. this. I'm just, yeah, but you but you also know because of just the way storytelling convention goes that that would be a pretty unsatisfying ending for Abby, who you yes. who you have played as as the protagonist for twelve hours of this game. So there's no way that like <laughs> that would be how Abby dies. Uh, so Ellie gets like I think she gets like a vision of Joel or something in her head, and then she yeah. she yeah. like you know backs off and like just like just go just go and all that stuff. And so Abby and Lev kind of leave, and you know they've like they're malnourished and they've been like captured for months, but they're finally going to go off and find the fireflies, which uh, it's implied that they they're going to go do that. Uh, so that's cool. And honestly, I mean, you say like this, like kind of last couple hours, of the game was kind of technically last of us part three. Uh, I'm, I'm still in the same position as I was at the end of the first last of us, where I don't think there should be a sequel to this game, but if there is, <laughs> it's gotta be about Abby and Lev, right? Like there's no way, <laughs> there's yeah. no way we're focusing on Ellie anymore. Like her story is so essentially yeah, done no. and I can't, I can't think of any kind of way to redeem her. I did see some people uh, kind of pitching the idea of like, well, Abby and Lev go to stay with the Fireflies, but now they know that Ellie is alive and still is immune and can theoretically, you know, find like and get the cure out of her or something. But like the game also pretty well establishes that like, her dad was like the only person who could possibly have made a cure for, uh, before yeah. for the vaccine or for the you know the zombie infections and stuff. Mm. Uh, so I think the Last of Us Part Two should be the end of this series, but it's a blockbuster video game, so it probably won't be. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, realistically, I think it'll be a couple of years from now until we hear about it. But I think, you know, 2024 or something, we'll find out that Naughty Dog is working on The Last of Us Part 3. And hopefully Abby and Lev will be the main characters like that. It, it would just make sense. Like, I, I feel like we're pretty much done with Ellie. We've closed the book on the whole Jackson town and we're ready to just kind of move on from that. But uh, but yeah, she's I, I, I feel like I was going to say something for, uh, from like an earlier point and I went on a tangent and now I don't know what the <laughs> earlier point I was trying to make was. Uh, but the point is, about Abby Lev good. or day three? I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, it was about Lev, which uh, I think you you I mean, you do. I, I think you correctly point out that everything that happens with Lev is because he's a trans character. And uh, I think that's true. Uh, but I think the stuff that happens with Lev all makes sense too. I mean, Le- like Lev was raised with the Seraphites, which is like this huge religious cult. Uh, right. right. And so I don't think it's like a huge stone's throw to assume that they're probably anti-trans. Uh, right. And they kind yeah. of do this whole thing. Like they have these very certain yeah. cultures and various like set in their way and all that kind of thing. And I really love the way that Yara kind of discusses what happened with Lev and like, they never, they never demonize it in any way. Like the main characters never do. Right. Uh, and Abby's very, Abby's just yeah. very accepting of it. And, and you know, at one point, and they do call Lev by his dead name, uh, but that makes sense for what those characters would be and what they're, <laughs> what they're doing. And that yeah. kind of thing, like, you know. Yeah. The scene where like, where Yara is talking, like where they kind of reveal that, uh, that Lev is trans and Yara is talking about like her initial reaction to it. It was like interesting to watch because she also had a really negative reaction to yeah. it at first. Like yeah. she's like, I yelled at him, I hit him, and like so it was at least like there was one person in that community that like came around and like you know she stood by her brother instead of just like you know doing what their mom did, which was like really unfortunate. And like they had to run, they had to run yes. away. But like that was a really interesting scene. Like I just watched it you know this afternoon. I was like I felt that was really powerful. So like at least there was some humanity in there. And like you know Yara wasn't completely just like buying into the belief no, system and, there. And, and, and whenever you see Yara everything. like in present day, like she's always like completely by Lev's side yeah, uh, until yeah. until Yara dies. And it's very yep. upsetting. <laughs> but it was nice to see 
like the fact that someone could had they had that mindset and then like you know it switched over to a more reasonable side like it was like show that like people can do that and like you know maybe a little bit of hope that you know that other people there could do it until you know the the place lights right. on fire and everyone dies Sorry, <laughs> it's that thing where like yeah it makes sense but like should it be there necessarily because like not many people are going to like a- actively have to kill their mother but like people are tre- dead named all the time and that is an extremely traumatic yeah, sure. thing to just happen with no warning in this game uh on top of like a very real traumatic thing like i how often are people going to be like slitting people's throats? Like probably not often. Like that's just kind of like that, that removal level of trauma. Would, but like yeah. dead name is a very real thing that should be warned yeah. at least or something. Sure. Um, but, it, it, and I think yeah, Yara makes sense. Like, you know, she's effectively a main character in like the crew. Uh, but it's, it's uh, in, yeah. in terms of like her coming around and like accepting uh, Lev for who he is. But like the game's whole point, like we spend 24 hours, you know, 12 and 12 saying that like nobody's wholly bad. Well, except the Seraphites, they suck. Uh, it's like, what? what? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It kind of it kind of muddies the yeah. message a little bit. Um, uh, I mean, I'm not sure it even says that necessarily. I mean, because I mean, their teachings that their beliefs and stuff like that stuff that like Lev still believes in right throughout throughout yeah. the game. And like they're, everything the Seraphites yeah. like, kind of stand for. Like he's still on board. Like he's like he's still fully on board with that. Like what they believe in, and like their messiah or whatever it was, uh, and that kind of yeah. thing. So yeah, I think you know he talks about how the Seraphites lost their way and that kind of thing. And like the, like once the messiah disappeared or died or whatever, like the, like things quickly turned into chaos. And I think there is sort of a thing where maybe not everyone's wholly bad, but also everyone is. Like <laughs> like everyone has like this yeah. threshold for terribleness yeah. within them in the Last of Us Part Two. It feels like you're not wrong. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> <laughs> what, a game. what a sad game yeah. huh? what, a, what a what a what a like just like just talk just talking yeah. about it is like yeah. emotionally draining like just like thinking about all the things that happened yeah. just like shit like like we did like we played through all that we you know we're in these character shoes doing this it's just a lot to, a lot to take yeah. in uh, for like a day or two after finishing this game i was kind of just in a like lay on the couch and look at, look at the wall. Yeah. Bed. Yeah. <laughs> I was, just, I was like, I finished it and I know like you jumped into like playing Spider-Man. Here's like, I actually need to fly through New York. <laughs> I need to, I need I to do, do unequ- unequivocally good things. I need to play Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. I, I turned it, I turned it off immediately. Just put MLB in. And I was like, I need something that to me is fully good. Yeah. yeah that's baseball. That's, that's, that's why I, I'm, that, that is why I strategically chose the ration Clank game from 2016 to be my next, uh, to be my next thing. <laughs> Cause it's like, I just need something pretty light to, to get in there. Something funny. Uh, I do want to say one fun thing about the last of Us part two, which is that, uh, you know, a lot of it takes place in Seattle, uh, which is, is a city that I have been to. I went there last year uh, and it was fun to, and it's a city that I explored a lot while I was there. So it was kind of fun to just be like walking around and be like, Hey, this is a part of Seattle that I've been to. Uh, and that kind of thing. <laughs> I, there, there, I thought you were going to say, which is a major city near my house. in Missoula, Montana. <laughs> I also thought he was going to say that. And it would have been so good. Well, I'm, do it again. Mike. Yeah. Uh, so Seattle, which is a major city near my house in Missoula, Montana. Uh, I went there last year for a weird Al Yankovic concert. And uh, I spent, I spent a weekend there and uh, kind of wandered around. I actually spent some time on the Ferris wheel, which is part of the, which is part of the big thing Ooh. there. Like I went on the Ferris wheel. I saw the, I wasn't in the aquarium, but I saw the aquarium. Like I, I saw it from across okay. the way. And while we were, and there's like parts of the game where you're like on a boat, like driving, like riding on, like towards the boardwalk, towards the aquarium. 
aquarium and i was like i was on that boardwalk uh so so i had that i had that kind of fun uh thing while i was while i was like you know sneaking around slicing people's throats left and right i was also like huh i know that building <laughs> which i also had when, uh, which is also a fun thing in the in the spider-man game because obviously i spent a lot more time in new york city uh and there's like bits in that game where you're like hey you're yes. in grand central station and that kind of thing and like this is pretty cool uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so other kind of just random stuff because we've been talking for a while now about the last of us part two uh kind of any standout set pieces in the game to you guys anything that you want to kind of highlight because there's one that I that I really want to mention, which is the part where uh, Abby fights off a giant fucking Cthulhu zombie monster. <laughs> when it, oh, yeah, you play Resident Evil, about the Rat King yet? Is that what we're calling it, the Rat King? Is that what, oh, because it's like a bunch of rats. That's yeah, that's like the like, actual it's the actual name of the of that okay. like type of zombie. It's the Rat King uh, because that was genuinely terrifying, and I think a lot of parts of this game are actually very scary in ways that like I was not expecting, uh, and in ways where like even in the first game, yeah. like I was you know there's intense stuff there like clickers and all that stuff but like there's stuff in this game there's one moment where you're in a house uh and this might be one of those things where like hey if you don't go in this house you might not find this but like there's one point where you know you sit down and you see one of those like gun um upgrade things right you like a table where you can upgrade your gun and that kind of thing and there's one moment i think it's in day one of seattle you're exploring the house you go to that gun upgrade table and you start kind of messing around and then you hear like a creaking behind you and suddenly like a wlf guy like attacks you while you're upgrading your gun It's like, this is supposed to be a safe place. <laughs> yes, I was. I, I like had laid my stuff down on the table and I went to go take a, like a drink of my beer. Like and, and like had put the controller down on my lap <laughs> and I started hearing something. I was like, what the fuck is that? And then my controller started vibrating. I was like, fuck. <laughs> and like somebody attacked me with an axe. It was I, brutal. <laughs> I think uh, I had that moment also. The exact same thing. Did yep. you, Colin? Oh, that? yeah. no, I was, okay, Maybe it is a scripted thing then. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm going to upgrade my like. My shotgun or whatever, then I'm being attacked. I was like, this is supposed to be a time where I can't be attacked. I'm <laughs> fucking with my gun. Just let me do it. Because I, I think there's a note you can find somewhere in there that tells you there's a WLF, like, store room up on the second floor or something. So I I found it after that happened. So I was like, I wonder if you can go upstairs and clear that room first. Or like, <laughs> it, like it's a scripted thing. So I don't yeah. know. It was, it was one of the made me think. Where I was like, huh, I wonder if I had found the note and gone upstairs, I would have not obviously been attacked because they would all be dead. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah like, definitely. There are a couple things I liked. Just like things that were just put in the game, like collectibles you can find. Like if you go into the bank vault. Uh, there's a ring you can find, which is Nathan Drake's ring from Uncharted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard about like, that. Uh, <laughs> I know there's also then, a precursor award from the Jack and Daxter games. Yeah. yeah. And then there's also just like Naughty Dog always puts like an East, uh, an actual Easter egg in the game for you to find. And so they're like, like a literal, like like a literal a painted egg. Easter egg. Oh, it's, it's like a jewel, like a jewel bag or whatever. And oh, so it's oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like there's a part where you actually go near a jewelry jewelry shop and you can find you find the egg. It, it literally does nothing. It's just, oh, you found this pretty thing. It's an egg. <laughs> and yeah, so just like go. fun things that Naughty Dog does. But yeah, then, you know, uh, they make you play yeah. The Last of Us, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, from here, I would imagine Naughty Dog will make a different game before they actually do a Last of Us 3 if they do a Last of Us 3. Uh, but I also don't think they'll do a new Uncharted game, at least with Nathan Drake, um, because Uncharted 4 pretty much ended like his story, too. Yeah. Um, I know they did. Unch- yeah. They did Uncharted The Lost Legacy, which is like, kind of like a standalone. Which is awesome. 
which is a fun it's game. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah, I actually have that, and that's, you know, just starring Chloe and Nadine from uh, the Uncharted games, and uh, Nathan Drake's brother is also in there, and uh, it's yep. a ton of fun. It's just like an Uncharted game without Nathan Drake, who is like the main draw of the Uncharted games, but it's also just like another adventure story, another treasure hunting thing. Uh, so I'd be down if they did like another kind of Uncharted game with Chloe and Nadine or whatever, or if I would love it if they did like a new IP, uh, like a new video game or something like that, that they could, uh, could make it make and hopefully like a lighter one, you know, hopefully <laughs> something yeah. that's like a little more like, Hey, this might have a little more replay value, I guess. But I mean, the last of us part two is certainly like just, an achievement like it's it feels and it is divisive and it is one of those things that I think people are going to argue about for a long time um, it feels great but it's also one that I don't want to play a lot uh, and I think you know the comparison Jeff Kanata made on Twitter that uh, got him a little razzed a little bit uh, to Schindler's List I think it's actually an apt one not because it's a movie about the Holocaust because this is obviously not um, but just the way it makes you feel where it's just like it kind of like like by the end of it you're just exhausted and numb and you don't want to watch this ever again for a long time uh yeah like that's sort of how you feel by the end of the last of us part two <laughs> yeah i feel like um maybe maybe with some time I'll, I'll come back to the firmly positive but right now i'm kind of leaning negative in my overall reaction to things okay uh but as well, I, I don't know like it's, it's a really weird weird place to be because like I, I did enjoy it i did think it's incredible like it is very good um but I think it is, like I've been saying, like a little too manipulative and too on the nose with some of the shit that it tries to pull. Like that, It's not as clever as it thinks it is, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's awkward because like, they're trying to be like, hey, killing people is bad, but also you're playing a video game and ultimately the, the story is presenting you, you can only progress by doing that. So it's yeah, it's it, between a rock and a hard place. Like it's bad, but you still need to. You gotta do it. Well, you have to. So yeah. it's like, there's pre-order bonuses. <laughs> there's pre-order bonuses for unlimited ammo and shit. Like what? Like pick a lane. Okay. <laughs> Upgraded ammo. Like pick yeah. A lane. I mean, I I know nothing about that because I basically just played the story and that was that's it. And, like I don't plan yeah. to do yeah. any of that stuff. And that that feels like you know, extra video gamey Sony stuff, you know, because it's a video game and you have to do these kind of things. Um, but I think just purely on its own story terms, I think it's just an incredible achievement. And hopefully uh, I, I think one that we're going to look back on in years and be like, man, like that really challenged what games could be, like especially on like a blockbuster triple A level. Uh, so there is that. And then, I mean, I haven't even played it yet, but I heard Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima, which came out like two weeks later, also a killer PS4 exclusive. Uh, and my yeah. Is that the Pretty Samurai game? That is the Pretty Samurai game. That is the Pretty Samurai <laughs> game, and it is the polar fucking opposite of Last of Us 2, and I love it. It makes killing people feel so fucking good. It's the most fun. Hell yes. This is what video games are for. I have concerns about Mike. <laughs> it's amazing. I think we've reached what really Mike wanted in a game, which is I want to feel good about killing people. <laughs> I just want to feel good about killing I want killing to slice their arm man. off with a samurai sword and be okay with it. <laughs> yes. Kurosawa I, mode all the way. I don't want to blow them in half with an exploding arrow, which is what those and do. I don't, and I don't want their friends to shout their name when I do it. Like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So uh, I think that about brings us to the end of our review of uh, The Last of Us Part 2, I guess. Uh, but I, I think we're all positive on it, just maybe in different degrees. Of, uh, of positivity but yes. uh but yeah that uh, is gonna be it for this week's uh, mike and mike go to the movies colin thanks so much for joining us this week no problem thanks for having me on glad to do this whenever you want to hear me babble about stuff okay <laughs> fair enough i'm glad that you were able to join even after weeks of like me being like hey we're gonna do last of us part two review hey we're gonna do last of us part two review <laughs> hey we're gonna do last of us part two review <laughs> 
luckily I have nothing else going on in my life right now. So Mike's like, Monday at eight, like, what else am I supposed to be doing at Monday at eight o'clock? <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so Colin, people want to find you. Where can they get to, where can they get you online this week? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at schmedlab 9 where I'll mostly just be ranting about baseball. So that's right. what you can expect me for until October. <laughs> You'll be doing that for the next week or so, and then baseball will be over. <laughs> I think until October. <laughs> let's have – I know it's hard now, but positive thoughts. <laughs> let's, let's just, like, hope that they make it. It's yeah. People stop. Good vibes only. And people stop going to shows during a pandemic. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. What about you, Cardinals? Uh, all right, Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you're, in, and if you're friends with Mike on PS4, he's probably playing Ghost of Tsushima right now. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. That or Destiny. <laughs> he's been doing it this entire podcast, actually. <laughs> uh, all right. And you can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Uh, thank you for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies, or in this case, Mike and Mike Play Video Games, I guess. Uh, I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike's Crease Show, and that is producer Colin. Uh, don't forget to rate and review the show on apple Podcasts or any other podcast app and if you want to contact us hit us up at mike might go to the movies at gmail.com now colin the other day you tweeted at me uh telling me that as our producer you felt it was your duty to to tell me to update my copy at the end of these uh at the end of these reviews so that i could plug, do it so that i could plug the right podcast and yes i did do it but i have been saying the wrong thing for weeks now uh, possibly even months. So I feel like as a producer, you probably should have been more on the ball <laughs> in, in I, giving me the updates. <laughs> you're not wrong, but I feel like every time I, I wanted to make that joke, I'm like, they recorded this like four days ago. It's probably not nearly as funny now <laughs> if I do it. And then I was like doing laundry and I was waiting for it to be done. I was like, okay, I'm going to finally tell him to do this. <laughs> as, well, there you as go. As uh, I mean, in, re- and in fairness, re- you're not a real producer. So... <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, okay. <laughs> wow. Wait, is that why you guys don't As, uh, that, that is a partial reason, for sure. Uh, you can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press alongside the totally original Geek News Podcast, a podcast about all kinds of comics and movie news and all that good stuff. Uh, so for our next episode, we'll likely be doing some discussions, which we haven't done in a couple of weeks now, so I'm sure we'll be plentiful. But uh, in the meantime, our Jeff Goldblum is weekly. We just released our episode on Transylvania 65 thousand and on the next one we'll be talking jeff goldblum's role in david cronenberg's the fly which uh, i'm very excited to rewatch. i actually just rewatched the fly like in january thinking to myself like you know what it'll be like a year before we uh, get to do the fly <laughs> for the podcast nope. uh but instead the pandemic <laughs> happened and we're doing it weekly so we got there a lot quicker than i thought we would <laughs> So you're saying you have to watch The Fly again, and that's not a bad thing. No, absolutely not. I'm very excited to rewatch it, actually. Uh, (laughs) And that's the end of this week's episode of Mike Might Go to the Movies. We'll see you on the other side. All right. Do I hit the record button to stop it? The stop button. See? (laughs) Also, for the record... I haven't watched robots in actual years. <laughs> I'm glad. That'll be the, the bonus. The, I, was, the, the I was just thinking that. That's going to be the bumper. <laughs> just heads up. PSA, Colin has not seen robots in a long time. How many times have you watched robots, Colin? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> so genuinely, I think I've seen it twice because I did see it in theaters. because my dad, my dad and I wanted to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
I got it as like a free add-on at a used DVD giveaway at Blockbuster. <laughs> it was like buy two get one free, and it was like you got the cheapest one for free. And I was already buying cheap movies, so I was like, I've seen this. I guess I'll buy it. Yeah, and then I watched it at some point, and then foolishly brought it with me to college, <laughs> <laughs> where you were made fun of forevermore. I had a, you yes. were the day. I had a, yeah, I had a similar story with the DVD from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, where it just got packaged with my uh, my Pizza Hut. That I, that I ordered. <laughs> Amazing. But the man. difference is you got a good movie. That's true. But man, the mid 2000s were a wild time for <laughs> random free DVDs that you just could get. Yeah. Free DVDs as far as the eye can see. 